lights, camera. Oh yeah! What you gonna do, brother? Oh yeah! yeah. Roll that intro. This this um this particular uh, podcast is going to be so testosterone driven that I cannot bring myself to sing a song because that's not testosterone enough. So oh yeah, I I can sing a song. Oh yeah, I got muscles. Oh yeah, <laughs> I got gains. Oh yeah, I work out. Oh yeah, brother, I'm the best around. Is that a song? Uh, I mean, that's not a song, but neither is what I do all the time either. So it's fine. Man. <laughs> we can, we can, we can go with it. It's all good. <laughs> all right, everyone. Welcome to another week of Cinemagic Podcast with your host with the most gains. That's right. Jonathan Gondua here with my other actual fit co-host, Rick Acevedo. Say hi, Rick. What's going on, everybody? Um, Jonathan's, Jonathan's so big he can't fit in the chair. No, yeah, literally, he's got all the, he's got all that, he's got all that muscle, that action muscle, man. And this is a reason to watch visually. If you're not seeing it visually, you can see all my gains. Uh, yeah, especially from the last episode of this mm-hmm. one. Ugh, my gains are, uh, uh, tight, solid. I got so many muscles because we're talking about action movies Woo. today. Not That's fair. right. As Rick was alluding to the most testosterone- movies but not all of them are only male leads it's just loving the shoot 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 punch 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 blow them up action baby exactly um you know one of the things that to me makes a great action film is you know when when the film is actually following the uh just a regular formula of Something happens that's got to be paid off at the end, right? But yep. then your character has got to go through all sorts of shit um, to get to that and pay off. Where at the end, you you hear this kind of upbeat song or, you know, upbeat, like, melody tune kind of thing where it's not about love, it's about testosterone. And you know it is. Oh, yeah. And there's just oh, yeah. nothing that can change that in your life. Yep. But somehow you want to do it. You know, you just you just want to go on. There is no philosophy in here. There's no right or wrong. No. There is, you, you're right. You either got muscles, you got guns, and you got a big bed that needs to be taken down. Uh, <laughs> that's what makes an action movie. An action movie is nothing without its villain, and we were talking about villains with Loki not too long ago. Mm-hmm. But my, you know, action movies are all, all, all about the villain themselves and taking down a villain. You gotta punch someone or shoot someone to death in an action film, or the payoff, as Rick was saying, is not uh, the same. And the reason we're even talking about these action films, why is it, Rick? Because what has this podcast just turned? This is Cinemagic. We're talking about action films because it takes magic to make action. And this is also our 21st episode. That's right. So, 21st episode, we're officially old enough to drink. It's time for some action, baby. 
So we're going in on what makes an action movie good, as we're alluding to, and talking about one of some of our mm. favorite just action movies in general. That's right. Um, because uh, this is a genre that I love. If you've heard from our past talkings, Godzilla versus King Kong, action movie. Uh, these are movies that I tend to gravitate to. Mortal Mortal Kombat uh, is an action movie. You say that again, that I will one. I will slap your muscles off, bro. <laughs> I'm dead serious. That's not a movie. That's not even a movie. That's but a video game. No. no, 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 no. Because now you started. You, you just. I told you not to unearth certain cans of worms. All right. So I'm going to tell you one thing right now. Mortal Kombat is a freaking video game, and the Mortal Kombat movie is not even a video game. It is not a movie. It is hardly something that I consider worth any time and effort. Furthermore, okay. I will find that guy with the sweater and I will slap him around and there's nothing he could do about it. So Mortal Kombat, my ass. I've spoken. Fair point. But action movies, we tend to like when we think about big blockbuster movies from, I know Jaws is technically a horror film, but we think action, right? We think our Independence Day, we think think big Marvel movies, action, 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 Fast and Furious, action. So, you know, it's our big like cinematic blockbuster films as the action movies. It's also the movies really that most of the time are released during the summer because if you think about, um, one good example of this would be, True Lies and um, Speed were released at the same time. Um, Summer box office. So when you think about action films, you really also think summer. I mean, there's there's been action films that weren't released during the summer and what have you, and I can't, you know, pinpoint exactly which those are. But you know, if you want to go back to the 1990s when action movies were at an all-time high, because the thing too, you got to. You know the the action films that you and I grew up on mm-hmm. as kids <clears throat> were action films that were also released for the broader audience dur- during that hey school's out period. So you know let's take the kids to the movies. So for example, you had Jurassic Park, which had a ton of action, but could be considered slasher, even though it really isn't. No. Um, and uh, and Cliffhanger with Stallone, which was huge. Both of them released at that particular point in time in the summer of 1993. Yep. You know? And I, I don't want to say that action movies have technically gone away. Because uh, mm-hmm. when we think of the 90s action movie, we think of Schwarzenegger, we think of Stallone, who still is still more 80s than Schwarzenegger 80s, but they hold over to the 90s pretty well. They held uh, over, yeah. Yeah, uh, Van Damme. But you thinking of these big blockbuster movies, but everyone out there, if you don't know this yet, the superhero movies are straight up action films. They're the same thing. Uh, yeah, <laughs> they've, cemented, think... they've cemented our love for action films and made it into a new, uh, a, a new kind of their, I want to say own genre, but their own franchises, right? But they're still action films at they're, the end of the day. They're action films. I think that the problem now is people, and, and I mean, this has a lot to do with the way society is now where... You know, you can't place labels. You can't say this. You can't say that. You can't say the other thing. Um, but I think that the thing with action movies now, where we're at, 
is nobody wants to say they're action movies because they want to say, oh, this this has a much more profound story than, mm-hmm. you know, girl gets kidnapped in the Alps, guy who's a, you know, mountain climber with a past decides he's going to save her, you know, cliffhanger, things like yeah. that. They don't want to, they, they don't want to feel, audiences, you know, think it dumbs it down to make mm-hmm. it action. Yes. They'll 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 shame you. They'll Mm. shame you for Mm -hmm. watching an action film. Oh goodness, you have such an you know unhealthy palate for for action films. It's like no, it's not. I just like something that'll you know allow me to just disengage from the world for a couple of hours, relax, and not think about anything else, and just get into this cool you know outlandish story with special effects. And I think that that's. When we were growing up, that wasn't the case because an action movie was an action movie. You went to see it, you entertained yourself. There was no issue with that. Um, and there was a huge separation between films that told a more, you know, dialogue-driven story than, yeah. than a more visual and fast-paced story. And, and that was just the case. Now people have tried to sort of blend that in a little bit so you see that with superhero films and, and, and what have you. Sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't, like like it does with any film, really. But Yeah, and, and I agree with you. I think action movies are constantly evolving because of that <laughs> dumb action movie label. Like, yeah. if we look at the big action franchises that aren't superhero franchises, because, again, they start calling themselves like the superhero genre or something, even though they're action films, right? And they do the same thing. Uh, Fast right. and Furious is one, is a fam- you know famously dumb action movie, I think, that goes on right now. Uh, which forever. it has been going on forever and it's, <laughs> it's so huge you got Mission Impossibles that really are still going and they're oh, supposed yeah. to be smart action movies but to try to again to your point sell that label right they're like we're not a dumb action movie we're a smart well, action movie the best example that I can provide with that because this isn't something that I came up with or you came up with like this is a fact but the best way to illustrate that Look up, there was a press conference for Copland, which was a film that uh, Sylvester Stallone did. He gained like 50 pounds for the role and everything. It was a drama. And uh, he was with Robert De Niro in that film. And Robert De Niro at some point tells Stallone in the middle of the press conference, well, you know, you're famous for those kind of movies. And everyone starts laughing and Stallone starts laughing. And I'm thinking to myself, man, they're basically shaming the poor guy because he's made films that make money. Yep. in the box office because mm-hmm. the whole point of action films is to drive business they drive business a lot more than than a drama and it's not because a drama can't entertain you the same way but i think there there there's more i think emotional involvement that goes with a drama mm-hmm. than there is with an action film you don't have quite nearly that and obviously they appeal to two different very different type of types of audiences yep. You know, so yeah, it's like you said, it's the dumb movie label, unfortunately. Yeah. And, and and we're not calling them dumb. Again, as Rick alluded no. to, we didn't come up with this. We're not saying they're they're dumb. Uh, I'm just saying they're quote unquote, that's what we call them. So action movies are still around. They've evolved against superhero movies, but we have some great franchises of action movies that still go along. But uh, before we talk about more of those movies, and Rick, you were alluding to this a little more in the beginning, but what constitutes really an action movie? Like, what's the setup? What do you need? I know I said villain. An action movie always needs a villain a punch or shoot. But what do you think really makes a good action film? Like, what's in its DNA, its core, if you were going to write an action film? 
explosions. <laughs> Michael no. Bay it. Boom, Michael baby. Bay, Michael Bay the hell out of that shit. No, um, <laughs> you need you need a character that's flawed but has redeeming qualities to be your, your main hero. I think that that makes those characters absolutely relatable. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the reason why they're relatable, specifically, or why, why they needed to be made relatable was because in the 80s and certainly in the 90s, up until I think I would say Speed came out, you had, you know, your your characters were these larger-than-life movie stars. So, for example, you had Stallone, who was cut out of a of a of a granite mold. Same thing with with uh, Schwarzenegger. Van Damme, who could split. Van Damme, who could do these insane kicks and stuff. But I think Van Damme was always like just a step behind those guys box office wise it, he never yes. really got to that level i think all, thinking- he almost did with time cop but not quite the way that it was expected um mm-hmm. then you had you know um you had that sort of how do we redeem this character or how do we help this character find a complete closure in his life somehow you know, and so I think that always matters. And, and having them have that mission that they would essentially uh, comply with at the very end was part of, of what made these characters, you know, um, relatable. Because beyond that, it's like, okay, how do I relate with, with Stallone? I don't have his physique. I don't, you know, like, how do I relate with characters like that? Mm. you know so that's part of it i think that was always part of it then you know the intricate nature of how they were supposed to get through the the plan of a big bad you need a good antagonist if there's something that helps drive action movies good action movies because there are some really sucky action movies out there yeah you needed to have a good antagonist you know and the way you could separate that at least in the 80s and 90s as 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 i remember it was watch a Chuck Norris movie. Chuck Norris was all about the explosions, kicks, boom, 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 boom. There wasn't really like a lot of continuity or anything in in, in, in the stories for the Chuck Norris films. And if you look at the box office numbers for his films, you could tell. Now you look at somebody like Charles Bronson, Death Wish films were nothing but the story of a tormented character fighting what he perceived to be evil 24-7, just basically mm. torturing criminals. Um, which, in a way, would make him a villain, but then on another end, because you see what these villains are capable of, you know, you're you're more relating to him, especially because you see that, like, if you see Death Wish, the original Death Wish, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, we're not talking about the Bruce Willis one. Yeah, I know. We're, we're talking about the original where Charles Bronson's um, daughter is raped yeah. and his wife is uh, raped and murdered. So, you know, it, there's always that underlying thing um, where the, um, the hero is trying to, to look for a way to find some sort of... Um, I don't know, man. Some some way to just like make his life better at the end, 
mm-hmm. in, in a way and and also help others uh like you know yeah. running man is a great example of that yeah it's um, always saving someone or fixing your family or yeah, fixing, or, or even finish, ma- fa- finding a way to fi- to save the world also because let's face yes. it it's not just in the scope of let me save my family it's also in the scope of let me save the world watch watch uh running man um running man was about saving the world from this tyrannical game show host or any james bond film james every bond james film, bond film. <laughs> really. every single one every single world, james bond film which so you know i think that the difference though it's in how how it's written because if if it's just action, if it's just a character going, to, like I mentioned earlier, going through the motions of kicking everybody's ass, then it's not going to work. It never does. I think that that's part of the reason why people love James Bond as much as they do, because with James Bond, it's like you've got aspects of humor. You know that there is a seriously um, difficult situation where Bond, for example, is um, mourning after 1969 when they did on Her Majesty's Secret Service mourning the death of his wife for the pretty much the rest of the series um, so there's always something one or two profound aspects to every character you know it's a matter of can that actually be portrayed yeah yeah no I'm with you 100%. We could think of the classic setup as Die Hard. Because uh, after Die Hard comes out, it's this always fun thing around that people say, oh, this is like Die Hard on a train or Die Hard on a plane or Die Hard with this. Because uh, that classic setup of taking a everyman, right? Events happen, protagonists do something to his family or to someone else. The everyman then has to go through a journey of yeah. conflict in order to overcome the protagonist at the end. Um, and usually in Die Hard situations, they're self-contained. Uh, die Hard in a building, Die Hard on a plane, something like that. So you saw Die Hard being the seminal piece of like action movies where a lot of people started changing the way they wrote them to kind of mimic that behavior. Because classically, Die Hard did something, I think, uh, really well. That it, it happened in movies before, but I think it did it really well. The the villain, again, and I think after Die Hard, your villains really start ratching up. Because yeah. if you think about old kung fu films, which I do, like Enter the Dragon and everything else, <laughs> the villains are okay, right? But they're really just there for the protagonist to punch in the face, right? Yeah, pretty much. Um, yeah, and so Die Hard gave us a good villain and realized with a good villain and the foil between the two, you can enhance, um, you can enhance it so much. And I mean, so much so that Terminator 2, which I know you have in your background, again, uh, even with the villain not saying anything, really, because the the villain in Terminator 2 barely ever speaks himself, uh, (laughs) says anything, but this overwhelmingly menacing force that just is unstoppable, where you are the underdog, where I feel in action movies, especially before T2, the heroes never were really underdogs. They were always, they were always like, I can punch through a wall and I'll punch these guys through a wall. I'll, I'll get back get at you. Them. I'll get back at you. But I think they just have to get to them. And Terminator 2 kind of flipped that script a little and said, well, what if that guy was relentlessly coming after you? And now you have to do a chase scene and underdog. And we started seeing that in speed and everything else. And I think those are two real the, the Die Hard model, Terminator 2 model, to call it for the sake of this podcast. Really but I think, I think the one thing, too, to remember about Die Hard, Terminator 2, and even Speed is that your superhero, your hero, your, your action figure, 
Um, let's go with, with Die Hard for a second. The guy's a cop. He's just mm-hmm. trying to get back with his wife. Yep. That's really what drives that... The first three, anyway, are really driven by that. Because I didn't actually see Die Hard 4. Um, wasn't paying attention for that. Um, so you have those first three. In Terminator, yeah, Schwarzenegger's a hero. But he's helping further the hero's story of a 13-year-old boy mm. and, and a normal woman who was years before a waitress... That they are, you know, they are trying to save the world. Mm. And that's a massive undertaking for a normal person. Yes. Um, Which action films usually need a massive undertaking. Yeah, it's, it's a massive a massive undertaking. And the same thing with Speed, because Keanu Reeves couldn't have looked less John Wick in that. Yes. <laughs> you know what to, I'm saying? To so, take the evolution of uh, action films, that's actually a good point. To take John Wick, I'm uh, sorry, Keanu Reeves and Speed, and take that to John Wick. And if you look at Keanu Reeves' career, which is an action movie for the most part, career, he's an action star for the most part. Um, I want to say almost all of his career has really been action movies. Probably a good seventy percent of his films have been action. Yeah, um, actually, quite I think it's good because Point Break, Speed. John Wick, Matrix, those are all action movies. So, uh, very few on the other. On the Point other. Break was a surfing movie. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but you can see that evolution really from speed to even Point mm-hmm. Break to what we considered action to our newest take on action with John Wick, which, by the way, is probably my favorite current action franchise. Uh, just to put that out there. Uh, not because our think, names are similar, but because it is actually. Really I, I think that the only only um series right now that keeps a little bit of the old mm-hmm. action formula if you watch them will be the taken films the taken franchise because yep. the taken franchise is basically about this guy who clearly has a shady past as a as an operative who's constantly having to save his family from harm although I'm like, you know, I'm a little bit disappointed in the sense that it's like, okay, you want this guy dead, so you're going to continue to go after different members of his family every sequel. That's kind of a bit much, yeah. to be honest. Like, um, I don't think anybody's complaint about action movies is that is they're not... They're they're not enough, right? They're 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 always a bit much. <laughs> yeah, it, but you literally throw the kitchen sink in an action. <laughs> but when you but when you focus when you look at that film in its entirety, you're like, man, this is pretty good. This is kind of, um, and I mean, there are action films that were, you know, that don't get nearly enough love mm-hmm. for how good they were. One of the ones that I would say is one of the better ones that I saw a while back ago, and and I'm going back about probably 22 years, would be Robert De Niro's Ronin. Ronin was fantastic. Ronin was a fantastic film because it had just the right mixture of dialogue and action. It wasn't all blow-ups and car chases, but it was really, really good. Yeah, you know? I, 
I one of those because um, I was just talking about Terminator Two, Leon the Professional, which is yeah. I, I think it, it's critically allotted, but I don't think it's known as much. Uh, that's when I say this. It's not underrated no. because it is rated correctly. Um, but it just is not there. But it, it, it reminds me of ter- a more grounded Terminator Two. Uh, it's the same thing with an older person helping a kid out with a very young Natalie Portman in it, um, which was just fantastic. Yeah, I and I think one. the thing about that film is is one of those films that people know about it because it's got such high praise. Mm. But it's like, we don't want to talk about it for for whatever reason. We just don't yeah. want to. We just don't want to discuss the the film for whatever reason. We don't want to give it all the all the praise and, and adulation that it deserves. Like it's one of those things that when you discover it on your own, you're still talking about it years later because yep. it's that good. You know. Well, I agree. Now, the, the switch gears just a little, just a little. When you're looking for an action movie, what do you look for? And if you have a recommendation, give us one. Like, this is the film to show what you're looking for in an action movie. Um, there's, you a, want, there's, a few, there's a few things that I look for. Um, I love the out-of-the-country settings. Mm-hmm. I love any action film that takes place, um, especially in Northern Europe, um, it it has a it has a vast a vastly different feel to it mm-hmm. you know whether it's taking place in paris and whatever you know because to see the chases in not like a major highway in the united states that you can recognize mm-hmm. that is good that is really good um i love having a, a singular character that has to pretty much figure things out on his own and, and has to, to come to that one moment, you know? So I would have to say my best example of that is Ronin. But for a more contemporary example that everyone can actually remember, this actually is a comedy or an action comedy. Um, I believe it's the one with Ryan Reynolds and Samuel L. Jackson, My Bodyguard. The Hitman's, the Hitman's, the bo- Hitman's, the Hitman's bodyguard. bodyguard. Yeah, sorry. The, the sequel hit- just came out with the Hitman's Bodyguard wife, but I think that one is the Hitman's Bodyguard. Yeah, no, the Hitman's Bodyguard. And it's it's got all of those elements. Obviously, it's a comedy, so it's completely different, but it's got those elements. You know, and, and just uh, look at it and and you'll see what I'm talking about. It's those chases and everything that they don't have like 20,000 explosions where the whole... Because for me, like a Michael Bay film, like, mm-hmm. you know, with, with the, uh, with just the over, like, loud films are not something that interests me. I, I don't think that action films have to be loud to be entertaining. I agree with you. I agree with you. And I'm going to take yours, too, and do an old one and a new one, because I right. like the way you did that, Rick, because I'm going to copy you, because you're a trendsetter, uh, and I'm going <laughs> to copy you and make it better. So, uh... <laughs> As always, that's what I, we'll do that for another podcast, sequels. Copy and make it better. I like that. We'll do that next week, sequels. So, uh, <laughs> for that. So, an older one, I think that encompasses everything that I like in action films. When I go to action film, I do want to have some fun, right? I want good banter. I want good fun. I, I, I'm, a man, I'm a fan of kung fu more than I am of gunfights. 
I do like John Wick. I know I said that's my favorite modern mm. franchise, but I, I am a Kung Fu fan at heart. So for an older pick, I'm going to have to go with Barry Gordy's The Last Dragon. Uh, because oh, my God. It, it's such a great film. And for international yes. for anybody who hasn't seen it, please. I think it's it was on Netflix at one point. That is know. a cult classic. It is a cult classic. It is so good. It has music, good music. I'm always around for some music. Uh, <laughs> that's dancing did, in it. Didn't show, it has, didn't show enough uh, die recently? Didn't he he died not recently, recently, about like six or seven. He's been, he's been dead for a Really? Long. Yeah. Oh. But it has a great villain to, to show enough. Uh, it has like great martial arts villain. The character Leroy is naive, but learning like, right. He's naive and learning has to come into his own way. Uh-huh. So it's a personal journey. He has a love interest. There's music, there's family, right. There's community in it. Cause there's really community oriented as well. Uh, and it also has mysticism in it. Uh, so if you haven't seen, it, I don't want to ruin more of it. Please see Barry Gordy's last dragon. It is, I think one of my favorite action movies of all time. I can pop it in right now. Have a great time with it. Uh, and uh, just, just I love it. Ooh, that's, that's, that, that, that movie, uh, that movie just it, it made it into cult classic status. Um, they, it could have done so much more. They were supposed to do a sequel to it. That's kind of really what pissed me off about that. Yeah, and I and I really wish there was more of it. I really yeah. wish there was more of it. Yeah. But it really has everything. Because I was a Bruce Lee fan as a kid, so the martial arts. Uh, it's the main character is called Bruce Leroy. So you can already <laughs> guess. Uh, where the inspiration comes from. <laughs> but, and it takes place, although not a foreign location, it does take place in an unfamiliar location, a location that's commonly not seen in action movies, right? Yeah. So I think that, that that has an unfamiliar location. It has comedy, it has drama, you know what I mean? It has good villains. I just really think that's what makes a good action movie because you want action movies for fun i know we're alluding to it before with kind of different from drama but action movies aren't the think pieces they're the let's go in and see someone fight someone no yeah exactly that's that's not that's not the point you know yeah and and a recent movie that i really liked and this is going to surprise everyone because i'm going to tell everyone i am not a fan of the fast and furious franchise i think i I, I like the ride at Universal, but only because I want to write a literal thesis and a, a whole doctorate and study for years on this ride. And it makes no sense. I think the franchise makes no sense. It is absolutely insane. Are you I saying, love, wait a minute, are you saying that being I love in a party? Hobbs and Shaw. I love Hobbs and Shaw. That didn't feel so like the a The old buddy cop franchise, yeah. back in there, The Rock, who I love, uh, who's our modern day. Stallone or Schwarzenegger or whatever. I think he's better than them. But I think he's so our, too. Yeah. yeah, he's our modern day action equivalent of them. Uh, even Jason Statham, who did another great movie that I love, Crank, which is a great example of an action movie dialed up to eleven. Um, and it's a buddy cop movie. And buddy cop movies, even though they're not one of them's a cop in the film, they're not both cops. But uh, the buddy cop formula, which has essentially been done away with it. We used to have in action films all the time, from your Lethal Weapon 2s and on, which is a great action film. We kind of saw that go away, the team-up buddy movies. They're now ensemble movies with, like, Final Fantasy and... Not Final Fantasy. Uh, Fast and Furious. <laughs> and, uh, which kind of... Fast and Furious and Mission Impossible. All these are ensemble movies. But I miss just the old buddy cop, two people... Team who don't like each other, opposite personalities, going in and solving the same action hero problems. So I, I the really best, enjoy it. The best buddy cop movies, and I dare anybody to to you know 
find reasons why this isn't true. But the best, bar none, is 48 hours. And another 48 hours wasn't bad, but 48 hours was epic. Because Eddie Murphy and Nick Nolte mm. were absolute gold. Because those films weren't actually supposed to be comedy, but they had funny elements to them. Mm-hmm. And 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 really, if you look at Forty Eight Hours, it's super dark in a lot of ways. Oh yeah, and very different from Beverly Hills Cop, which is yeah, the more it's not of it. yeah, it's it's <laughs> not it's not a hundred percent a comedy, no. but it was so damn good that you know, but. It, but see, it's. I think that the reason why it's been done away with too, it's because it's hard to find people that have that sort of chemistry and actually sell mm. it on screen. Um, yes. When you have someone like, like Eddie Murphy, who is just. I mean, and at that point in time, that was like the sharpest Eddie Murphy there was. Mm-hmm. That wasn't. Mm-hmm. That wasn't Pluto Nash Eddie Murphy. That no. was Eddie Murphy at his, you know, pardoned upon raw best. Yeah, you know, so you got somebody like that, and then somebody like Nick Nolte, who was in the prime of his career, who had like the tortured thing going just to a T. Yeah, so opposite. I mean, so complete opposite. They came, and it's hard to find that now because here, like with Fast and the Furious, you know, you talk about Fast and the Furious, but you're talking about an offshoot of Fast and the Furious and Hobbs and Shaw, where you got two guys that are pretty pretty good at what they do where the other fast and the furious are like about family yep you know i mean the thing with fast and the furious is that they always add more characters and then you don't know who's dead and who's alive like (laughs) in fact i remember in tokyo drift they killed han but then they don't really explain how Han comes back to life and then he's dead again. And I mean, I know it's prequels and sequels and all this other stuff, which we'll get into. But it's so complicated. It's so complicated, but then it's like, okay, I invested a lot in Han at Tokyo Drift. So Han being dead, now being mysteriously alive, to I'm sure only be dead again, <laughs> is something that pisses me off because that's not how you treat family. Yeah, but that's why I'm not talking about them, and I'm talking exactly. about Hobbs and Shaw. But it's fair to say that they're a spinoff and a far better one of that, because, God, that car scene with the, you know, the that whole Simone tribe, you know, mm-hmm. coming in, uh, <laughs> that was that was epic, man. Yeah, and it had four locations like you like. Uh-huh. <laughs> interesting mm-hmm. characters i think and i it's the and you're right though that body cut movies are kind of like a way because it is hard to find that chemistry yeah but i'm glad that hobbs and shaw was kind of around to bring it back so I, they had chemistry they had chemistry they had chemistry Absolutely. and i really enjoyed it but as we were wrapping up here for our action time and our 21st podcast Woo! where we are now officially legal enough in america to drink international listeners uh, that's why we say 21. It's that's uh, right. legal now for Americans to drink. And, and we're fully adults in America now. This podcast is fully an adult. Uh, they can now, I was going to say rent pornos, but I guess they could always do that at 18. But now, <laughs> now you know, well, the internet the internet allows you to do that anyway. So, I mean, so now podcasts are rent them. Yeah, you don't even have to rent them. 
So in honor of action movies and our, our, our just uh, 21st one, uh, one, we want to thank all our listeners out there. I want to say thank Absolutely. you all for listening and getting to 21. But we want to leave you with some good action films to, to, to delve into. Um, I, and so for our last bit, where we usually do recommendations and everything uh, and plugs, I want to leave you some of our favorite action films from here. Go out and watch them for your love of movies. Write one for yourself, I think. That would be good. Uh, but let's start with some, what action movies do you want someone to go out there and see, Rick? Man, um, I guess I'm dating myself a little bit here, but, you know, screw that. I don't care. Uh, ageism is for bullshit artists anyway. Um, <laughs> I love Cliffhanger, True Lies, Speed 1. Speed 1, damn it. Not Speed 2. Um, this might be a little bit of a stretch, but I love The Goonies, which is a lot of action elements to it. It's not like a shoot 'em up action film, but mm. you know, uh, it's good enough. Um, <laughs> you see what I did there? Yeah. Um, let's see. Another action film, which was also video game based uh, film, would be Street Fighter. I, I love my yeah. my cheese occasionally. Oh yeah. Uh, Terminator One and Two. Forget the rest. Um, and my last recommendation, really, I like John Wick also. I like that trilogy, so I would say check that out. Yeah, I agree with you. So um, I, I, Rick said a lot, and some of them I would have said too. So I'm going to change another one. I'm going to give you Upgrade. This is a very small Blumhouse film that is a great action, modern action movie, Upgrade. Mm -hmm. And it's probably the best Venom movie that we'll ever get. Uh, <laughs> not the other Venom, but this one is. Uh, if, you, if you take it and think of it as a symbiote instead of what's in there, it's such a great movie. Uh, I, I really think that. Upgrade is really great. Um, I'm going to go with some things like Kung Fu Hustle. If you haven't seen that, it's a little old, but it's really fun if you like the, the comedic takes and breakdowns of action. Uh, be, besides that, I'm going to go with my bad boys because I got to get a Michael Bay film in here somewhere. So, you know, we got to, what you going to do? I got to get my Rumble in the Bronx, Jackie Chan, let's not forget you over there, the OG. And probably, uh, I've mentioned so many ones, so watch all the ones I've mentioned. Besides Mad Max Fury Road, which, again, amazing. Yeah, it was, uh, that was good. That was good. I'm going to give one of my other, I'm going to say if you haven't seen it, yeah, I'm going to give this one. If you haven't seen these last two, The Raid, which is a modern-day classic. If you have not seen The Raid as an action movie, and this is a film that is not American, it's out of Thailand, but The Raid is amazing and fantastic as an action movie. But that's my ultimate one to say, but Seven Samurai. If you haven't seen Seven Samurai yet, you should see it. It's a yeah. very old film. And if you see it, you're going to see from George Lucas to almost everybody else where they were getting oh, their oh george lucas absolutely ripped the shit out of seven samurai Samurai. i'm sorry like if, so did so did many people i mean no, it's no, such yeah, a but, seminal like, like film yeah. in terms of influences that if you have not seen seven samurai let's see it it's it, it's homework right <laughs> like if you like it see it kurosawa, kurosawa was a, everybody takes kurosawa was a freaking genius period end yeah. of story it, man yeah it's really genius it really is end of story. See that one. You'll understand some mm -hmm. action movies literally from just seeing that and crafting and seeing where people got inspiration from. So if you haven't seen Seven Samurai, that's what I'll leave you with um, is Seven Samurai. Do your homework, man. It's a great movie. See it. It is. It is. It, you'll see it. 
and all your greats. So all of you independent filmmakers out there, all your greats are watching movies too. And we get inspiration from them. And as I mentioned, George Lucas, the Steven Spielberg, to all these people, they watch these movies and get inspiration. Absolutely. So take these time to watch all the ones we mentioned. Thank you so much for joining us on our 21st episode of Cinemagic Podcast. Uh, we have so many exciting things that we wish we could announce right now, but we cannot. Uh, that will we be cannot, but we will be, we will be filming. That's that's that much we can say. Okay. Um, that oh much yeah, and I'll, I'll I'll give them another hint. Should I give them another hint? Make it super vague. <laughs> more vague than my last one <laughs> vaguer vaguer than the last one vaguer than the last one vegas the vaguest the vegas the vegas okay make it, bro the vegas i can make it so uh -huh. if you want a hint on what we're doing next and i really think this is gonna get you right there and i know it i, I know rick said vague but i believe that you're gonna get it after this one is everyone ready for this are you ready i'm ready skirts Bam. <laughs> you went all in on that one, bro. The clothing, by the way. <laughs> I don't know what anybody's thinking out there. But the, the skirt. So take Ghostbusters and skirt. That is, uh, those are my hints. <laughs> and on that note... We will see you guys next week. We'll see you next week on Set of Magic. <laughs> All right.